a listener exclusive. The creators of this podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which it is recorded. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are the first storytellers of this land. We pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging, as well as any Indigenous people who may be listening today. We are two guys, one it is Sunday, uh, May the 7th, I think. Uh, welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL-adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson, and I think that's a fairly apt uh, intro to the show. You seemed a bit mm. tired, a bit vague, and I feel like that's how I feel about footy at the moment. I mean, is it possible? I know that players round about, you know, a third through the season, that's when they start to slow down a bit, you know, the mental fatigue, the physical fatigue. Do you think it happens for podcasters too? We went hard early. It was an exciting start to the show. We're playing clips left, right, and center. You know, we're doing promos, all that kind of stuff. And now I'm just like, oh, round eight. How many more rounds to go? How many rounds do we have to keep doing this? I mean, I think what really buggered us was this extra weekend that we normally haven't had, where, of course, we all went to Adelaide for podcast gathering. Yeah. <laughs> And, and I just think that really took it out of us in a way that we, we just weren't expecting. Now we've had, like, it's been big event, big event, big event. This is, yeah. it's been your blockbuster summer and now it's time for some indie movies, some art house stuff, some stuff that isn't by Marvel. Or there's like some Marvel C-grade characters or D-grade characters. This is the period we're in at the moment. Yeah, we had our hot footy summer and now yeah. it's time to just settle down. <laughs> right. Just find Get a back nice, into the real world yeah, a little. Stop being such a footy fuck boy and just kind of settle down and get some routine. But I think it's also... I don't, I don't, know, I don't know though, man. I, here's what i got to say. I blame Andrew Dillon. I mean... <laughs> Football was good under Gill. Yeah. That's what I remember. Football was great under Gill. Do you reckon Gill timed it? Like he really did. He got Tasmania. He got everything. Like he got all the big announcements, all the big games of the year. And then you get to slump round. That's what they should call this. Yeah. The round after country round should be called slump round. And we've all slumped into slump round. Yeah. And poor old Andrew Dillon, he's, he's been left with slump round as his first round. I think it's also too, just from – like a consumption point of view. Like I was thinking it like two weeks ago, how good is footy this year? Like I just can't wait to watch footy and the footy's so good. And and the knock-on effect is I can't wait to consume footy media. There's so many podcasts. There's so many things to read. There's so much to consume. And now I've, I feel like I've just left the swagman. <laughs> I attacked that all you eat <laughs> buffet and it was, I was loving it, but I ate a lot of bread at the start. And so now I'm just like, I'm feeling a bit queasy. Like I, it was a real struggle for me to trawl through the footy media this week and also coming off a loss too. Like I haven't had a lot of losses this year. And so that was another kind of level to it. But then like the Tasmania. You also, yeah, you had the like you had the luxury of checking out a little. Yeah. Like, because, you know, you've had a pretty good run. You're like, you can have like a quiet week and check out a little and not have to deal with this. This isn't my everyday existence, these losses. But yeah. also I think for us, part of the fascination of a season, particularly like doing this show and because you and I both watch more than our own team's games. Because there are some people who only consume the football through their own team. Like their season consists of the team that they're, you know, the, the games that their team plays against other teams. And that's how they view the season. Whereas you and I will often watch, you know, four, five, six games in a weekend. Like I sometimes don't even watch the Bulldogs, you know, yeah. if, I've heard, if I've heard they're, they've lost. <laughs> they've never lost in front of me. I like to see them win. <laughs> so, um, but I think we love storylines. Yes. And in those first few weeks, 
there was just not just so many storylines from week to week, but also in the terms of the season, there was a lot of just going, what's going on? Yeah. Who's going to be good? I don't know where this season is going. Like t- good teams seemed like they were going to be bad and bad teams seemed like they were going to be good. And it, But now it seems to have settled in and you're starting to get a sense of where everybody's at, I think. Well, it's like if, if the season was a screenplay, mm. cracking first act. Like yeah. it just was Nailed like, it. what's going on? Who's the good guy? Everything. Who's the bad guy? Come oh, back it out. But now we've settled into the start of the second act. And you're like, oh, this is starting to feel like a bit like a conventional Hollywood, you know, like blockbuster. The good teams like Geelong are good again. You know, Brisbane have just been chugging along. And it's like, oh, so at first I thought maybe things were different, but I'm starting to think they're more the same than they ever were. Now that you see what the good teams are doing, Melbourne, Collingwood, Brisbane and Geelong, I'm like, I think there is a large gap now between those four teams and then the next rung, which would be like, you know, Bulldogs, Adelaide, St Kilda, um, Bombers, Port. Yeah, I agree. And then there's some absolutely rubbish teams, despite the fact that occasionally yeah. they'll play good football. <laughs> mostly they are rubbish. And it turns out they're probably going to be rubbish for most of the season. So, I mean, I know a lot has been said about it. And by the time this comes out, you know, it will be a week old. But the Tasmania announcement, like, I think it's exciting and I got caught up in all the sort of, you want to talk storylines, the emotion of it and the tradition and the history and all the players to come back. But I feel like I have this nagging, I don't, I I just don't know how it's going to work. Like I just, I I look at the Gold Coast and Tony Cochran did his most coherent interview I've ever heard last week with Jared Whateley. Did not like it. I'm not here for it. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I listened to it because I'm like, oh, this would be great content for do guys one cup. He's gonna he's gonna accuse like a statue of stealing his, his glasses or something like something crazy. Oh, <laughs> well, last time I was in Melbourne, the uh, the bloody the statue of Captain Cook stole into the college and the, the statue stole my glasses. Uh, but no, he was very coherent, and he actually was the one, he was the guy two years ago who was dead against yeah. Tassie. And now he's all for it. And he's like, as long as they don't make the same mistakes that, you know, we made and then GWS, they mitigated their mistakes, but then another generation. But the point he made, which is like, we can't even get, you know, 18-year-olds to stay on the Gold Coast where there's golf courses and surf beaches and sun. Like, how are they going to do it? Have I underestimated Mate, how big the pool to stay in Tassie is? I, I think people all love living in Tassie for the same reason they love living in Geelong. Like, if you're the sort of person who wants a smaller place, like, where you can have an incredible lifestyle and you're a big fish in a small pond. Like, that team, I 100% believe that the state will get behind that team. And, like, you're going to be a local – you're going to be a statewide hero. You know, like, you are going to be iconic to that state and you can set yourself up for life in that state if you are – particularly if you're a young footballer who doesn't want to live in the city. But – you can literally drive your car onto a boat and drive off in Geelong and go to Melbourne, yeah. right? Like it's not so far away that you can't – like particularly if the idea is how far away from Victoria are you because Victoria, South Australia, maybe Western Australia are the places you're going to try to get places. But it's really Victoria we're talking about. Yeah. It's pretty close to Victoria. Yeah. Like I don't think that it feels particularly disconnected from Victoria. I think it's going to be super successful. It's Geelong with an art gallery. Mm. I'm sure it's that's what that's, that's how gallery. I pitch it. I'm pretty well, sure Geelong, Geelong with a really good art gallery. Geelong with an art gallery. It's just filled with uh, uh, who's yeah. the guys to do the dirty calendars? Norman, uh, what's that? <laughs> Larry, Larry Pickering. Pickering. <laughs> <laughs> but do you reckon 
there could conceivably be a player, yeah. like maybe not at the start. <laughs> so I'm still thinking about Larry Pickering. Gallery. It's just, we get Larry Pickering it's to just do Gary the Senior wing. We're going to mark a giant cock. <laughs> just, it's. I would love if Larry Pickering took over from Wig during the Mark <laughs> Knight <like> Death Grand <laughs> Final posters. That's what we want to say. Does anyone? There must be people who don't know who Larry Pickering is. Larry Pickering in the I think it was like the 80s, right? That was when he, the, those calendars were big. He would do these. Naughty calendars that were caricatures of famous people, but in the nude with some kind of satirical thing. So, like the one I remember is Ivan Lendl in the nude, and he was serving one of his testicles like it was a tennis ball. Yeah, I mean a series of AFL ones where it's like Nat Fife and he's like dick and testicles are the like his chopper, the blades of his helicopter, like. From club to club, I think that would be a good feature. I'm, he's not still around. I mean, we're getting into type no, he, of territory, are we? Also, here's what I'll say about Larry Pickering. I don't think he is still around, but he also, surprisingly for a guy whose main thing was drawing <laughs> celebrities with their dicks out, he had some pretty rank ideas about life, I believe. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, I mean, surprising, I know, considering the beautifully art, art, beautiful art he made for the world. Um, do you think it would be a, a, a world, though, in which um, players who are playing for the Tassie team could live in Melbourne? Like, you know how some of the John players only come down yeah. for like two days a sure. week of training? So do you think, like, conceivably, you're only, what, how, like, half an hour, 40-minute, 50-minute flight from, from Melbourne Airport or from Tullamarine? Yeah. Well, one of the first things you do, like, I, I, and this is not my idea, clearly, but I heard somebody else say this, but I think it's a great idea, which is you get them a plane. So instead of ever having to go through the airport and do any of those sort of things, they should just be able to get on a plane from Hobart, like, fly in, for, in and out for games. Yeah. And they, they won't feel like they're that disconnected. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would absolutely allow them to have like – I can't say why you couldn't have a – I mean, I guess get, getting on a plane or like doing that sort of travel, how it interrupts your schedule for the week. But you can imagine you could afford someone a night in Melbourne at the very least, even if they didn't live there. You oh, know, yeah. like that you and could, I'm not saying your first or four-year players. I'm talking about players who have demonstrated a professionalism. Like it's yeah. not like, hey, Jordan Dugowie, he's a private plane to, to Melbourne. We'll see you in three days and expect that's no, going to go well. But if – if Caleb Sarong, who's the like the one that seems to be the most likely to be a superstar and most likely to have a connection and most likely to be about the right age. So that's – yeah, you look at someone like Caleb Sarong and C Caleb Sarong says, yeah, I'm happy to come and I'll be the inaugural captain, but I am going to be doing it from Fitzroy North. Mm. I reckon they'd be like, no worries, Caleb Sarong. <laughs> <laughs> that is my favourite part of Tasmania too. Okay, so you can – you have they're going to come and raid the bulldogs. There's yeah. four players you can take off the table. Who are the four players that you say are untouchable? And given keep in mind this is like four years time, so there'll be players I'm sure who will be retired by then. Well, yeah. So like you would say Libba, but in four years time you probably wouldn't say Libba. Like you'd like to think that it would still be, but you know, in four I don't years think time though he'll have a few more tats. He'll look right at home in Tassie. <laughs> You won't know if he's a footballer or he just you know works at the pub. <laughs> works down on the docks. Yeah. Um, and I don't mean that in the other way of working down on the docks, obviously. <laughs> uh, Bont, clearly. Yeah. Um, and then Bailey Smith. You, I would I would have thought, no, in front of Bailey Smith, because 
as good as Bailey Smith is at getting the ball, he's got to at some stage learn how to handball or kick it to somebody. Um, but he's got like ice in his of, veins, Will. He told us all he had ice in his veins. The rest of it he does great. But the way that his kicks and handballs don't really ever go to anybody, I think is a problem. Yeah. Particularly when he kicks and handballs it so much. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, Jamara, I would hope and think at that sort of point. Sam Darcy, I would say the same and probably – Aaron Norton. Yeah. Like, if you had to, they're your four, I reckon they're your four. If you had to say, you can't you can't touch this, MC Hammer style, the MC Hammer clause, you can't touch this. Yeah, I reckon that's good. Who would I take off the table? I yeah. think, um, well, Mitch Owens shapes as being our best <sighs> new kid. How good. I know. Shazam, Love as it. you dubbed him, <laughs> so perfect. Uh, Shazam, I would take off the table. Uh, Matthias Philippou, I think he's going to be good. And then... It's sort of hard because we've got a bunch of players who sort of like is late. He, is Philippou the one, by the way, that Philippo? Is, is he the one that um, thinks he's he's good as well? Is yes, he, he's the one that. Yeah, yeah. So he said he's a mix between Bond and Pelly and Fife. Well, what I've learned from Kristen Petrarca, who was the last person to come into the league and say that he was going to be one of the all-time greats, was if a kid reckons it, <laughs> he's probably right. Lock <laughs> yeah. it in. <laughs> uh, Max King, obviously, he's still only like yeah. 22, 23. and then. Oh, who do you, uh, Cal Wilkie, but Cal Wilkie's 25, 26 already. So I don't know if he'll still be around in five years' time. I don't know. That position, though, you could see like someone hanging playing. out there yeah. for a while. And he only and he started his career late, so maybe that gives him more longevity. Yeah. Hey, Will, um, Robbo's back on 360. Uh, the mystery of where he's been was answered. Um, he had his second life threatening uh, illness in the space of two years. Um, cause I thought it was funny how like he just, he was there and then he wasn't. And it's like, here's Jason Dunstall, you know, here's whoever. And we're not going to mention that Robbo's here. And and then Jared sort of revealed in Robbo's first episode back here, cause we didn't know what was going on or if we should talk about it because it was so touch and go. So he had pneumonia apparently, drove himself to the hospital for a second time, drove himself to the hospital and was having a heart attack, <laughs> drove himself to the hospital with pneumonia. At this stage, he's basically an ambulance, an ambulance driver. That's right. <laughs> he's gone from being an ambulance chaser to being an ambulance driver. There was a beautiful moment that I was like, oh, this is going to be a great clip for the show. But then Jared beat me to it where um, – uh, Jared was saying, yeah, we're getting texts from you when in those first few days when you're in hospital. And Robbo's like, oh, yeah, I had a terrible fever. I didn't know where I was. <laughs> and Jared's gone, yeah, your texts were really incoherent. And I was like, oh, I'm going to clip that. And then you just brought up with more inco- incoherent than usual. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it, it would be hard for them to tell. It's like the concussion test, right? Mm. They're only going off whatever the baseline was that you set in the preseason. So with Robbo, it's always going to be a little hard to tell what's the symptom. And people, the doctor comes out of the room and goes, this guy is in real trouble. And they're like, oh, no, no, no. no, no. no. Let's hang on. Just watch this episode of AFL 360. <laughs> When he was perfectly healthy yeah. and then compare it to that. This is like psychologist who's like, have you seen that man? He, he, he wears two pairs of glasses. Oh, no, he does that. <laughs> he's, he's, he's just calling out for help. He's calling out to just anyone to help him. You know what I enjoy about his two pairs of glasses, by the way? Because I was fascinated by his glasses work this week, which is 
that there seems to be no rhyme or reason why to he swaps he, them. To how he uses <laughs> his glasses at all. Like so it's, right. it's like he's a Russian spy <laughs> trying to send secret messages through episodes of AFL 360 because he just takes them off and puts them on at such random intervals that don't seem to correlate with anything that is happening. That's so correct. Well, there was still fire in his belly wheel. Uh, he, he got really um, fired up talking about this new Tasmanian team and this, the mis- there was a misunderstanding that uh, Warner Brothers had copywritten the, ta- the name the Tasmanian Devils. As it turns out, that's probably not correct. But Robbo went on this tear. Who was it? Warner Brothers. Yeah. They only got the name because of Tasmania, the state of Tasmania. If Tasmania wants, right, to call their football team the Tasmanian Tigers, they do it. They don't. They won't call them And Tassie if Warner Devils. Brothers <laughs> says you've got to pay us money... But all of Australia boycotts <laughs> all Warner Brothers okay. so movies. Think, That'll be hard for you. I think our... <laughs> I mean, firstly, they'll be fine, Robo. But <laughs> we should all boycott Warner Brothers from now on. So even like Warner Brothers movie world on the Gold like Coast? Everything, I guess. <laughs> Like, don't Warner Brothers co-own HBO? I'm really enjoying Succession. I don't want to have to stop oh, watching Succession right now. It's really annoying to me. It's like such a bad time to stop watching Succession. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird night on 360. Uh, yeah. I watched Coach's Night because I knew Chris Fagan was going to be on it. And much like hearing that Tony Cochran was going to do the radio, I was like, I need to watch this because maybe there'll be some goodness. Now, there was nothing particularly funny about what Fags had to say, but it's – it's really weird. Of all the coaches and, you know, the interstate coaches, when they have to do this, it's via Zoom or whatever. Uh-huh. He obviously has a, bit more, <laughs> a bit, bit more of a professional setup. They've got like a proper camera and lighting and stuff. But he's out sitting on a balcony where it's like kind of noisy. And he obviously has no monitor where he can see Robbo and Jared. So his eyeline is all over the shop. So the impression you get is that Grandpa's locked himself out on the balcony because he's talking. <laughs> but, like, there's a delay, and so they'll ask him a question, and yeah. he'll just stare into space. And then when he answers, his eyes are doing this as if, like, he's hearing voices. And it is just – I highly recommend people go back, watch the May 1st episode of 360 to watch the Fags interview because it is like – this is a this is an ad for dementia. Like, it's some kind of medical like – it's some kind of dementia treatment. I mean, this is what I do love about the – yeah, there's been the suggestion that, that Chris Fagan could be – because he's Tasmanian, obviously, as yeah. we know, famously from the yeah. pocket profile the, we the did Mits- about Mits- him. Mitsubishi Reds he played for. Oh, no, it was the Mitsubishi <laughs> the Red Blues. <laughs> it was the Mitsubishi Blues he played for. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, he, he – I'd love to see him coaching him five years from now. <laughs> like <laughs> – That'd be awesome. Um, Well, uh, in our tips last week, we had the first ever Lock v. Lock. Uh, For people who have never listened to or seen our tips on Instagram, we give a Lock of the Week, which is our big big call. It's the Suns-Ds game, and it went a bit like this. I want to believe in the Gold Coast, and I'm going to tip them, and that's my Lock of the Week. (laughs) No, uh, Gold Coast to upset the Ds. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to tip the Ds, and that is my... Oh, lock right. of the week. Have we ever had opposing locks before? I don't know. I don't know if we've oh, ever like gone head to head in the locks. <laughs> I mean, we were pretty. If that match had ended in a draw, it would have been fairly appropriate for our first ever double lock. I mean, if we had gone lock versus lock and then it had been a tie, I would have thought 
that we might have unlocked some sort of superpowers. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you, you and I might be the Mario and Luigi of the AFL <laughs> and we just unlocked this ultimate likely heroes. Yeah. It was for me that the wow. best game of the round. It was so good Such to watch. Such a good game. It was so entertaining and, you know, there's good losses and bad losses and I think that was a good loss for the Suns to have because they just – Looked like, bar some kind of strange umpiring, that they could have snatched that game. I did think it was funny how – I mean, it was amazing to watch, but the Petrarca v. Raul head-to-head, like the way the commentators were like talking about these two young bulls just going oh, at it. Like it was vaguely erotic, don't you reckon? I think you're like, don't need the word vaguely. <laughs> They just had such admiration for these two young oh, bulls just them. holding just, nothing back oh, as they look drive at those into bulls each other. As they rub their large testicles against each other. Grasping for the ball, oh, just held oh, bent on getting their hands oh, at that these bright bulls. red shiny ball. I love ball. bulls. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could watch them impregnate some cows. Yeah, what? There, there was this real <laughs> lustful kind of like just, the, but but you, you you got it from watching that game. Where do you put the Suns now? Like, did, what's the expectation? They have to make finals, right? Like, they just have to now. I don't think that they have to, but like the fact that they could be competitive without Miller, like, and just seeing you are seeing Raul and Anderson and these guys like grow into very, very good footballers. You can see how they all work together. Wits is a gun. Like, I I love that game so much. Like, it was just firstly. You know, Melbourne looked Rosa like they were going to lose enough. Kicked four. <laughs> Melbourne looked like they were going to lose enough for me to enjoy it. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. no, I always need a little bit of that. Like, yeah, yeah. That was really why I was tuning in. I was like, oh, here we go. Here we go. Well, so but, it, was quite, it was pretty much like an arm, not an arm wrestle because that suggests it was Dower. It was like a super entertaining game, but they were going goal for goal from yeah. about the, the first quarter, right? Like Melbourne got away, was, the Suns reeled them in, and then it was just goal for goal. It was such an entertaining game of football, made even more entertaining. And these are like, this is not our uh, Dwayne Russell brain Dwayne segment. I'm just going to give a little taster, a little snippet, a little insight into what I think was going on. I think Dwayne thought this might, it was going was to be a blowout. Right. And Dwayne came into this game. Oh, yeah. With so much material. Like, yeah. I've seen him commentate other games on the weekend, but he was just like, he was trying to like light spot fires all over the joint, like wreck it, Rao. Oh, like yeah. he was trying to get Matt Rao, wreck it, Rao going. He's tried he's, that, he's a, tried couple that times. a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's definitely he's definitely trying to get wreck it, Rao going. Um, yeah, someone at one stage on the wing scooped it up like a responsible dog owner, which I was <laughs> like, oh, Dwayne, Dwayne, you're doing beautifully. And then there was a bit of banter, a bit of awkward banter between the other commentators where uh, they were talking about Humphrey, the new kid Humphrey, yeah, yeah. and they were doing a bit of like Humphrey B. Bear, he'll he be Humphrey. silent, you know, that sort of thing. But then they were sort of going, well, actually, you know, he's kind of like a, a bigger guy. And uh, Dwayne has come in just uh, just gone, you mean like Boga? I'm like, there is nothing he can't riff on in this game. <laughs> like, he is on fire. How do you think yeah, – like? Dwayne would have gone on um, whose line is it anyway? He would have nailed it. Like him and, and what's that guy, Brady? They would have just been like guns at it. Ryan just Styles. Ref- <laughs> as long as like what you're looking for is one in four references not making sense unless you Google it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. His pop culture references never get past 1983. <laughs> 
They're all over the shop, but I love it. Uh, the Blues uh, kind of imploded a little bit against the Lions. I don't. I wasn't expecting them to win this game. I think we both tipped the Lions, but they were as bad as I've seen them play in a long time. Um, I've been trying to think of, you know, I said sort of last week with the Swans, it was like shit the pond, swan dive, whatever. I've been working on this. Tell me what you think of this. We thought the Blues were going to play finals, but it was just a Belusion. <laughs> Belusion. Oh, my God. A Belusion. A Belusion. Like yeah, you said, like you have Belushi. to do. I know, I know what you're saying. I get the bit, but like here's the problem. Like there's a lot of run up to make it work. <laughs> like you can't just say like Richmondy was very self-contained. Like if you're the guy who brought us Richmondy and everybody but Jared Waitley knows that you are. <laughs> so if you're the guy who brings us Richmondy, right? And then you're like, oh, pretty cool. Like what you're doing there, Saint Killing Me. Good, good work. And then you come in with that and you're like, now let me get out my pitch document. It's eight pages long because I need a little run up to the slogan. I think Belusion doesn't work by itself. What about Belusional? They're Belusional. Belusional. <laughs> I mean, it's no Dwayne Russell, but do you like it? <laughs> belusional. Maybe Belusional. Uh, I tell you what, though, um, Dunkley is, is a really good footballer. <laughs> like, yeah. Now take me back into it. I know we've talked about it before, mm. but I don't think I really paid that much attention. Why did he hate the Bulldogs so no, much? What? No, the where smell, I don't understand. Like, I think maybe like Ted Whitten ran over his grandfather's cat or right. something because he said the, the dog Bulldogs. pissed on his foot or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like hates them. Like. Maybe he's allergic to dogs. I don't know what – He no. was so good against the Blues. Like he was just – I mean, overhead he's incredible and stuff. But he had like 14 contested possessions and 30-plus touches or whatever and won your best and fairest. But it's, it's just so unusual that – like for two years he seemed to want to get out of there. Yeah, and he didn't care where he went. Right. <laughs> he was like – I just need to not oh, be here. Who was Thank it before uh, Brisbane? What was the Essendon. team you tried to get to? Essendon, right. So he really fucking liked <laughs> so, anywhere so, in the country. I mean, to be honest, he really lucked out that we kept him for another year. He won a best and fairest and then ended up in Brisbane and he'll probably win the premiership. So, so Blues fans are ropeable. Um, a lot of them left at three-quarter time, which is a bit of a talking point. Crowd over initially 45,000. Mm. Where do you stand on the, like, you know, leaving early – thing do you leave early have you done have you left early i mean oh, i mean i guess i probably left i'm not that's early because i've paid for the whole game that yeah. feels that feels very and early. in like, this day and age like a lead can be run down in one quarter easily but they put it put it this way if i'd been at the grand final when like in the so when Melbourne, you know, like I watched the first three quarters of that grand final and I've never watched the full final quarter of that grand final because I could see where it was going and I turned it off and I decided I did not need to watch it. But if I'd been at the ground that day, I would have stayed and watched it. Like, yeah, I've been to four losing grand finals. Well, three, one drawn and three losing. And I've stuck around. Even the Collingwood one, the replay where we got pumped by 10 goals. I sat there through all the Collingwood chants and everything like that. I don't know. I don't, but I don't mean to make it out like you have to do that. I think, I mean, if I'm at home, I'll turn off a game. Mm. Like I've turned off games in the first quarter that I'm like, ugh, we are so off. And I've been always proven right. Maybe it is more that kind of financial imperative of I have paid for the ticket. <laughs> Although I don't recall 
No, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, maybe you're like, you know what, I don't need to see this. But also the one thing that I would say is in modern football, I think it is more of an insult to be leaving at three-quarter time. Like in most games, like even a bunch of games over the weekend, like you, you, you can be a fair way behind at three-quarter time and not feel particularly safe if you're the team in front. Like teams, yeah. like even the Blues had a go and like GWS did against the Bulldogs. Like there was like a whole bunch of teams that like had a crack in that final quarter and, and got close. So just the idea that like at three-quarter time you're like, no, we've got no chance. That is – that is delusional. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love a bit of umpire audio. Um, and there was a great uh, grab that we were going to dig into. This was uh, after Lockie Neal uh, got elbowed in the face and won a free kick in the, in the Lions forward line. Free kick to Neal. Neal. And it Lockie goes Neal. against Newman. Got him high. This is taking the piss and just No, he got him high. <laughs> All right, so don't worry, we're going to break it down because there's a lot going on in that. The first half is what were those players saying to the to the Blues who hit Neil or to the player who hit Neil? So just play it again, Mike. I believe dog it's shot. Dog is it shot. dog shot? You gave him a dog shot, as in that's a dog act. You hit him. Yeah. Dog shot, bro. Dog shot, bro. <laughs> I want to get. Can we get the first ever two guys one cup merged? Dog shot, bro. Dog that, shot, bro. That's <laughs> a real think, dog shot, bro. <laughs> it was so great. I mean, look, I know I'm old, but look, right in. If you are a millennial or, or, or under and you listen to this show, is dog shot common vernacular? Is like, do people use that in common parlance? I mean, yeah. Like, or is it only a football term? Is this just like something that footballers the are footballers say about to that? each other? Yeah, yeah. that's a real. Or dog is it shot. like, or is it a broader? societal term like uh, like you know uh, is it is it relevant to other areas of society is what i want to know yeah 100 percent. so then the second part is um uh, doherty sort of asked is re- not remonstrating with but inquiring about what it was for with the umpire this is taking the piss well okay so that was a bit too much isolation we need a bit more of that exchange what's going on there is uh doherty says a free kick in the forward line that's taken the piss and then the umpire goes, yeah, but he hit him high. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's immediately. But that surprised me as well that you can say taking the piss to the umpire and that's not considered dissent. Isn't taking the piss like fairly dissenty? Mm, it's like it's the fine line, isn't it? Like if you said piss off, I think that's dissenty. But if you go, are you taking the piss? Is this taking the piss? A free is kick it in maybe, the forward line is taking the piss. It's taking, taking the, the piss, piss is mate. like that is well, that means it's illegitimate. The decision is yeah. illegitimate. Yeah, but it's a nice way of saying it. It's like, oh come on, mate, I was only two kilometers over. That's taking the piss. Like you're not saying you didn't break the law, but you're like, isn't it a bit more is it more lighthearted, maybe? Is it the word piss that you have a I think problem the piss, with? If yeah. I was a pearl clutcher, I'd be like, yeah. how dare you? <laughs> because I'm a 1950s school mom who somehow found herself umpiring the grand final. How dare you? You ruffians. It really was like a, an entire thing, wasn't it? Because the opposition players all immediately went to dog act, bro. Like, you know, you've done the worst thing anyone's ever done. Doggedy doesn't even know 
that there's a free kick. He yeah. thinks they're taking the piss. Yeah. He's like, come on, it's not even a free kick. And then the umpire quite reasonably said, yeah, but you hit him in the head. And he's like, oh, oh yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> like the journey like of everybody reinterpreting it in a different way. There was a moment actually in the same game where Harry Mackay, he copped like a stray elbow in the head. I think it was from Harris Andrews or, or someone like that. And he got stitched up and he jogged back on. And it was the player who hit him with his elbow. You could you could lip read. And he said, are you okay? And McKay says, yeah, yeah, you just got me with the elbow. And then you saw Harris go like, oh, gee, I'm sorry about that. And then Harry goes, no, it's fine. It's like, oh, that's adorable. Like, I know it's probably, that's probably like what Carlton fans hate. They probably want mm. Harry McKay to be, McKay McKay to be right. a monster. But he seems like a genuinely nice guy. He's willing to forgive a dude for accidentally elbowing him in the head. Is there a chance this is what you do with Ben Mackay? So there's been a lot of talk Harry. at Carlton about no, – no, I'm saying okay. we get – so there's a bit of talk about could you get Ben to Carlton. I think the better thing is you do you use Ben as a uh, Jekyll and Hyde style, like you have a goon Mackay. So like in situations like that – Yeah, you've got – so Harry's, Harry's heavy, out Harry, there. Heavy Harry Mackay. <laughs> heavy – no, Harry's your kind of finesse. Nice guy. You're, you're a nice guy. You're a goal kicker. He yeah. gets his eyes split open. Ben by the it. bastard Mackay. <laughs> so. Bastardly Ben Mackay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Harry runs down into the sheds and Ben run, <laughs> runs yeah. up and like goes out and bashes him. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the goon. Um, uh, the dogs game. Was uh, tough to watch just because of that weather. Do you think yeah. that is? Uh, I've never seen a, a better demonstration of why the new Tassie Stadium needs a roof. <laughs> like that sucked. <laughs> it sucked in that second and third quarter when it was raining so heavily. Players couldn't touch the ball. I'm just spoiled. I'm a Marvel guy, not Marvel the movies. Marvel the stadium. <laughs> I love <laughs> the roof. Just give me perfect conditions every time. Yeah, I could not agree with him more. And the Tasmanian Stadium doesn't just need a roof. The Tasmanian Stadium needs heated seats. Yeah. Like you want you want it to be a nice thing to go to in the middle of winter. So, uh, yeah, absolutely you need a roof. Like, But just for the rest of us, like I was thinking about this when I was watching the game where mm. I was like there's part of me that's like, oh, yeah, the history of the game was it was an outdoor game and, you know, like part of enjoying the game was seeing which players could play in different conditions. And there was something really majestic about – Seeing, particularly in that first half, watching Bontempelli seem like he was playing with a completely different football to everybody else on the ground. And just to see, like, not only is he great when everything is great, but like when conditions are tough, he's, he's almost better. That was amazing. But the rest of the game's shit because of it. <laughs> like, like, just put a roof on so the game's good. So is this the year uh, Bont wins a brown, though? Feels like it. I mean, His it numbers be. are outstanding like you saw that stat about his clearances like he had one 10 plus clearance game last year he's already had three in eight rounds it's like if he keeps going like this he's just going to be the most dominant sort of center square player in the game here's what i would say like in previous years like because there's been a couple of years where like he he could have or should have would have like but he's ended up being too selfless i think the one thing that's going to play into his favor this year and it's like shit for the bulldogs but probably good for bont and the Brownlow, which Let's be honest, we're probably not going to win the premiership, so maybe Bob winning the Brownlow would be a good result for the season. Um, is that 
like obviously we've lost Dunkley, so he's having to play more midfield minutes already. And now Trelaw's going to be out for however long he's going to be out for with his hamstrings. So Bond and Pally's just going to have to play in the middle. Like there's no, it's not like they're going to suddenly rest him forward. But that's not our problem anymore no. with Lob and you know all the tools and, and whatever anyway. So. Yeah. So I think he's just going to play in the middle. And the Bulldogs yeah. are clearly a better side when he plays in the middle. And he is – I mean, well, the, but, in, the English yeah. um, Bont combo is really good. Like if, if – and, and McRae is pretty good as well. Like it's – I reckon it's the midfield we all thought you guys had at the, pre, at the start of the year where then you lost a few games. And, but now I, I think we're starting to see the real Bulldogs. I wasn't aware that Bailey Smith was kicking and handballing so badly, as you pointed out earlier. He, he – he, Gets a lot of the ball, but he's disposal. But, I mean, it was a terrible night, but he's he's one of those ones who kind of flicks it a little bit at the best of times. So in the wet, it was just – like he had Impossible. a pretty good game. He got it yeah. a lot. Like he was running hard. But he's going to have to play better with Trelaw as well. So the Bulldogs are fine. Like they, they seem to be fine. Mm. But I don't know if they're good, good. They'd have Did to get a lot better. Do you think it was weird that the Giants fans were booing Trelaw – and lob like don't you think once you've been to like a third club that one that club that you defected to in the first place should be the buffer between you and your new partner i don't know i just thought it was weird like because they're booing chalor and i'm like why are they booing do they not like collingwood i'm like oh that's right he's a giants player both of them were at the giants so long ago (laughs) so long ago took me a minute to go why are they booing them (laughs) yeah like and firstly again as stated about the free metal fans it's Rory Lobb. Calm yeah. down. Yeah. You can't be that upset about losing Rory Lobb. Like, he's playing a little bit better. But, like, you can't be that upset about it. And, okay, here's one thing that I would say is I was thinking about this with the Tasmanian name because I think that – like, I mean, I think they're going to be the Tassie Devils and I think that's probably the right name. But I heard Tasmania United um, suggested as well, which I quite liked. Do you? But, yeah, I do because they need to unite Tasmania and it's the only team that's named after a whole state, right? Like, And so I kind of like that idea. But I like the Devils better. But if neither of them work, I've got a solution that will also deal with booing in the AFL. And I believe they call them the Boons after oh. David Boone. <laughs> and so their war cry becomes literally them yelling out Boone like, problem done. This is their competitive angle. I thought you were going to say the Tassie Ghosts, so everyone oh, on the stage oh, is like, boo, oh, yeah, okay, boo, that's boo. good too. <laughs> a lot of people got murdered there. Makes a lot of sense. Hey, well, I'm not sure if you know this, being a big Bulldogs fan, uh-huh. but did you know that Artie Jones and Cody Waitman lived together? I didn't know it until it was mentioned 95 <laughs> times on the telecast. Like in this instance. Cody Waitman and Artie Jones living together. God help the next door neighbours. Imagine the landlord. Everything okay? No, not really. High energy. I mean, that sort of just took me by surprise because I'm like, I mean, yeah, they, they don't strike me as too – they're enthusiastic footballers, but I don't assume that when they go home they just run around at high speed bashing into walls and shit like that. I assume they have, like, normal lives outside of football. I enjoy the conceit that Hamish believes that – that was Hamish, right? Yeah. Uh, was it Hamish? Hamish, um, uh, Hamish believes – that the way footballers play on the field is indicative of their overall personality. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. And then another person mentioned it again later on. Artie Jones had the two kicks for two goals. He brings the excitement. He brings the smile. 
Him and Cody Waitman live together, so they bring all the enthusiasm you want. His teammates love his excitement. <laughs> like, I feel like... <laughs> Uh, that that to me sounds like it's a bit of media management. The Bulldogs publicist is like, hey, if you want some interesting facts, you want a fashionist story around the Bulldogs, here, got a great, this is a thigh slapper. Just strap yourselves in. Artie Jones, Cody Waitman, yeah, yeah, live together. Yeah, that's quite common, isn't yeah, it, for first of play, players, players live together all houses. the time, don't they? <laughs> yeah, like, isn't that just accepted that footballers <laughs> live like, together? Sounds like a mentoring role of some kind, doesn't it? <laughs> I just couldn't get past how interesting these commentators thought it was that these two young players live together when that happens at every single football club. Most most of the players who are married to people live together. I know. But it's not even like one of them's really tall and one's really short and you can make the odd uh, couple yeah. comparison. It's like two players who seem quite similar. It's like, can you think of the hijinks they get up to? It's like, well, no, they probably don't have much conflict because they probably get along really well and have a lot of the same interests. Yeah, I like the way that Hamish was like, oh, the neighbours must think it's a nightmare. What, two lovely young men living next door here? What a nightmare. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you found that weird too because it just it really just tickled me. Um, uh, I watched a bit of the Pies and the Swans today before um, the Saints game and they were really getting into Dacos. And it's funny because I've seen a few teams try that the this swan- year. Yeah, but the Swans, this was... This was different. Like the Swans, they were like, "We're going out to." Yeah, this was the most targeted he's been of any team. It was it, like there'd been a meeting at the Swans this week where they've gone, "Okay, so day cost tactics. What are we going to do? Like, is it team defense? Is it like a tag? Is it like people running on off him? What hasn't been tried so far?" And just somebody's come into the room and gone, "Bash him." What about <laughs> bashing him? Has anyone tried bashing him yet? It was so. Funny because visually, like, and it was quite a because a, a little melee broke out afterwards. And the only person who seems not upset by this, because the Collingwood players they get upset, is Nick Dacos. Like I've seen it a few times now, where there's just like players getting there's a melee, and he's just like walking around, just like smiling, <laughs> completely unfussed by the chaos. And it's just like the, 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 uh, this a doesn't seem to work, but b like what wh- why. I think Col- the Collingwood, like I know they have this thing of like fly the flag, but just just don't bother. Like just laugh it off because it, 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 every team that has tried it, it hasn't worked at all. But also I Spending love Spending energy. No, I quite like the fact that the others get it like – do it's it like for playground him. bullies. Yeah. And you got like and you got like but you got the backup. It's the the little loudmouth. But he's the, not. Like Nick Dacos no. is not an instigator at all. He's just got the cousins who come in and back him up. He's you know what he is? He's untouchable. Like, you know what mm. I mean? Like, you know, he's just got that, like, life doesn't touch. I mean, I'm sure there will be times where we will see cracks in the facade. But, like, there is a level of comfort with him that he belongs at this level and that, like, he enjoys it. Like, so he's got that great thing of being, like, an enthusiastic kid. But even when you see him interviewed, the familiarity he has with the commentators, like, when he responds to them – like that could come across as being cocky or over familiar, but he just manages to have that thing where he's just not phased by the experience, like any of it. Well, I imagine because his dad worked, did do a bit of media work, didn't he, Pete Dacos, like in the radio. So I imagine as a kid, <clears throat> he's probably met a bunch of these guys. Like it's every time Dermy commentates, have you noticed that Dermy seems to have had personal? 
contacting the juniors with every single player. Like he's got a story for every single junior. And it's like, does Dermy do a lot of coaching? He's like, what? How, how does he know all these players personally? Or he knows their mum or their dad or where they're from. It's just like Dermy would be a great politician. He's got that kind of quality where he seems to just like con- connect with everyone and have like that super memory. Mm. Yeah, that part of the job he'd be great at. I think there <laughs> might, be, might be some other areas of the gig that he might struggle Uh, well, it's time for mic check. Podcast, Mike. Um, sorry to, to bring you back on the show so soon after another bomber's loss. Um, led for like two and a half quarters, and then just mm. and then just got overrun. Good early. Yeah, it looked really good early, and you know, almost came back towards there in the last quarter, but uh, just just ran out of puff. How are you feeling? Oh, after last week, I mean, recovering from being at the ground and watching a loss last week, I I took this week off footy just to regroup. To be honest, so yeah, you got that's it, mate. You got the staggers like the rest of us. Yeah, slump round, celebrated slump round in the right way. Yeah, and yeah, just hoping for a for a decent second half of the season now. But yeah, really disappointed seeing us. I think ninth on the ladder or tenth on the ladder. Um, which which sucks because we were second a few weeks ago. The only good thing to come out of it is Brad Scott looks pissed off and mm. that makes me happy. <laughs> I like to see Brad Scott upset. Uh, he ruined our game with that ridiculous uh, arms out his 50 rule and then just waltzes back really into the top really holding on to that, like that arms out his 50 rule. He just... He just walked away from a dumpster firing. It gets handed this top job. It's fucking crazy. It's crazy. Uh, but I thought, I look, the Bombers, when they get Peter Wright back, and they had a couple of injuries in the game. Ridley went off as well. They're still going to – a real good chance for finals. But I, it's, I feel like the Bombers are like the Bulldogs, like the Saints, like the Power. We're all just a rung below those top four sides. Yeah, but also with the Bombers, the way that they're playing, if they got all their best players playing at the same time, they're pretty good. Like, I mean, you could see them – you could just get a little run on at the right time of the year. I mean, finals has not been the right time of the year for Essendon for a very long time, but it it could be. Like, because I reckon there is like, – there's like six or eight teams that, that are fighting for those bottom four spots in the eight, and I don't think – it's hard to tell which ones are better than the others at the moment. <laughs> Um, Mike, uh, we like to test your knowledge on this show by getting people to send in common uh, Aussie rules vernacular and slang and seeing if you can decode what it is. Peter here wants to know if you know what an ear massage is. Oh, is that when you kick it and someone is really close to you and like the the side of your foot sort of nicks past their ear? Oh. How common do you think that is? <laughs> well, <laughs> like that someone, how common uh, do you think that is that we have a name? I like for also. Yeah, well, I think that- it's moderately common. <laughs> Uh, you know what I like is you've identified some of the right direction. You knew it had to do with the ear. You know, you went, okay, well, the ear is literal in in, in the sense of this. But then when it came to massage, you've just decided, nah, that's been kicked in the ear. <laughs> like, is you know, it just tra- a pinch in the ear? Is it just mm. like you pinch him in the ear? Well, it's contact with the ear. But think about like, have you ever had like a vigorous massage where maybe they're sort of like really working into that kind of soft tissue? Yeah, like, right. What are, what are they doing? They're oh, 
Oh no, I've never had a vigorous massage. <laughs> I was just, I was just agreeing. Mike, uh, Mike, the knee, Mike. Like, <laughs> kneading. Yeah. Yes. I, I mean, is kneading that it? Kneading? Pummeling? <laughs> like, <laughs> what are they doing? Pounding? Uh, uh, look, it, it, it gen- generally means um, it's normally when a defender is spoiling the ball. If someone's going for a mark and they swing their arm around oh, the yes. ball and they give them a bit of a ear massage, a bit of an ear yeah, massage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Mike, uh, Mike likes to get his Aussie massage vernacular. by being kicked in the head. Like <laughs> 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 it was a bit like the forty-year-old virgin describing having sex for the first time, and then we did it. it felt like a big bag of sand. <laughs> It's like, uh, Migsy yes. wants to know what gut running is. Oh. Have we had that one before? Nah. No. Is no. that when okay. you've had a meat pie before the game and you're running, like a player has had a meat pie before the game and now they're running and their guts are about to... How how uh, er- how common do you believe it would be that a player would have a meat pie before the game <laughs> and then a explosive I, I don't think diarrhea it's common. mid-game? I don't think it's common, but I think it's it's happened. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think it's unprecedented. It's true. So yeah, You're right. yeah, it's um. So I'll, I'll I'll narrow it down to you. So if you think of athletics and the type of running that someone does. Um, what kind? What what kind of running is there? So you have kind of like you know the short distances. And- oh, <laughs> yeah, distance. <laughs> <laughs> it has nothing to do with hurdles. Okay. But is that what? Would you count that as one? And, well, it's definitely it's a it's a style of running that would suit a certain track event. Long distance, long distance. Yes, correct. Long distance. So and, is it uh, like running, like the full length of the? Uh, is it the pitch and like getting a goal? <laughs> I mean, it could be that. It could. Yeah. That, that could be an example of it. Yeah, I think it's 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 uh, it's endurance running. It's mm. high speed endurance running, yes. literally from you know showing guts. Pioneered yeah. by players like Robert Harvey and, and Ben Cousins, they were famous for for gut running. They would just dig deep and run all day when other when other players couldn't keep up with them. Just run people okay. off their feet, basically. Yeah. yeah, what does run people off their feet mean, Mike? <laughs> You're going to figure that one out. Just beating them, running faster than them. Uh, let's get to our Media Watch segment uh, where we like to uh, pay attention to some of the commentary that happens around the game. Um, I want to call this little segment, it's a fine line between clever and nonsensical okay, because occasionally great. when you're listening to the footy media, you'll hear someone in the moment just grab for something which – is 90% there, but doesn't quite make sense. Like um, this is uh, uh, Damien Barrett trying to do a segue talking about Tom Hawkins to Charlie Kerno. So when number eight went through, he was pretty pumped. <laughs> That's fantastic. Now I'm looking forward to reading that. Um, look, he's he's big man in crime and fellow Brown, uh, Coleman medalist in Charlie Kerno. <laughs> Charlie Kerno is Tom Hawkins' big man in crime. Because <laughs> I heard that and I'm like, what is what is going on? And then you're like, Partner in crime. Okay. Right. But he's not he's his partner. Hang on. He's, but, he's, he's, he's uh, not his partner. They don't play in the same team. They play for two different sides. <laughs> they're not partners and they're not committing they're crimes. Not and they don't commit crime. They are big men. Yeah. <laughs> they're both the big men. Thing. So, what? They're immediately criminals in Purple's <laughs> eyes? Big men in crime. Uh, then there was this um, from uh, the Suns uh, D's game. Uh, Mabio Chol uh, failed to compete in a contest, and and Kingy wasn't impressed. And he said this: Mabio, I'm not sure what's going through your mind there. You turned into a crammer. Yeah, the coach will be going through your mind at halftime. <laughs> 
What the fuck? The coach will be going through your mind at halftime. So they have some sort of inception technology <laughs> yeah, in the dressing know. rooms? Where, like, Scanners. The, the coach will be going through your mind. Like if you were to take that statement in isolation, the coach begins for you, you think that's uh, the person actively involved in that is my your thinking about his coach. Oh, the coach would be going through your mind. But for the coach to go through your mind. Yeah, it's literally like it's your bedroom, like a teenage with a bedroom. I'm going to go through it. Like how is he going through it? It was just a weird, weird statement. Um, this is a, a bit of a different tack. This is from a press conference. Um, uh, Dimmer was quizzed about uh, the criticisms that he's been getting from Kane Corns. And it was great because he called out Kane. He said, look, Kane needs headlines. So Kane makes big statements and surprise, surprise, you guys all write about it. And so then he was having little pot shots at Kane all through the the press conference. And he um, he doubled back just to have another drive by because um, he was talking about uh, Dion Prestia. And this is what he had to say about uh, Dion Prestia and Kane writing him off. Oh, it's been a... An incredible one, really. Actually, Kane said he wasn't worth pick six as well. He's come out of three times. Premiership player. Get better, Wig. Come on. <laughs> now, the reveal there is yeah. it Kane is a nickname. Wig. Wig. Mm. So do you think we can reverse engineer from, from Wig to find out what's the seven steps from Kane to, to Wig? Yeah. Uh, or do we start with Kane and then get to Wig? Uh, I, reckon it's, I reckon it's Kane, Corn. Sugar Kane. No, yeah, Sugar Kane, Corn. Corn, cane, corns, ear of corn, earwig. Ah, beautiful. Well done. I've got more steps than that. All right. Well, you killed that segment. I had to down for five minutes. Let's move on. <laughs> Shit. You got there too easy. I thought we were going to go back and forth. I was going to put my theories for Okay, forward. well, you can still put your theories for No, 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 I... no, no. We won't. Well, you've got to be the smartest man in the room, just like bloody cane corns. You're fucking cane to my dimmer. <laughs> I didn't even. <laughs> I'm gonna... Like, that's my version of Wordle. I'm going to post that on the internet. <laughs> uh, it's time for Brain Dwayne. Brain, Brain Dwayne. Now, you uh, already highlighted that he was on a bit of a tear in that D's and Sons game. He and was on fire. Look, not only was the game good, but Dwayne was in excellent form. He was also trying something different. Like, he's the king of the puns, but he was just going for some Dr. Seuss material. Uh, this is him calling a goal for, for, uh, for Mario Chol. Anderson got his arms free to Chol, and the Chol goal. And it's three goals apiece. <laughs> And then this is him commentating Kazai Pickett kicking a goal. Oh, Cozzy with the spin. Kaziah on fire. <laughs> and lastly, <laughs> uh, Bowie. What's his name? Uh, 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 Jake Bowie. Jake. Kicking a goal. Outside of the boot. Bowie. Wowie Bowie. Out of nowhere. <laughs> I mean, the cat in the hat. Like, what is going on? Do I know? Like, ordinarily, I'd be like, oh, he's not fucking trying. Yeah. Like, anyone can can make rhymes. Clawson's awesome, for instance. <laughs> <laughs> it's a deep cut for anyone who listens to our other podcast. Uh, but I think he was just like a good entertainer. He This was his kind of um, uh, uh, U2 releasing pop. I'm just going to try a completely different style and just see how it gels. And it was very entertaining. I liked it. I think it's a – I'm very happy. I think sometimes 
people try too hard with the pun. Yeah. Like it becomes a tortured pun. Whereas sometimes you just need a colour. Bowie wowie. A wowie. little bit of flavour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kick it, pick it. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to just get some rhyming going. Well, you, I'll let you set this one up. He did, like like any good entertainer, yeah, sure, he played stuff off the new album, but then for the encore, he came out and did just like an old standard. The, like this is classic Duane, but also this is what I – this is for me is like absolutely Duane at his peak where he really wants to get the idea away and it's the perfect opportunity for it. And two out of the three ingredients of it work so perfectly for the reference. And then he has to just kind of jam the third bit in <laughs> yeah. so it works. And that's always my favourite. So entertaining. Could have been two. Or it could have been gone in 60 seconds. Two goals. <laughs> gone in 60 seconds. Two goals. It's just the two goals that he has to – like it's such a perfect pun, but he has to do the two goals to explain it properly. Uh, we'll get to our mailbag and then we'll wrap things up. If you want to get in touch with us, you can. We are at Two Guys One Cup AFL on Instagram and Twitter. And if you do follow us on Instagram every Thursday afternoon or Thursday evening, we'll do our tips, which we generally record as soon as we finish uh, this main episode, which in this instance is on a Sunday night. <laughs> sometimes we record before the last game's even finished, meaning our tips happen before the games have even finished from the previous round. Um, but we still don't know the ins and outs. The injuries haven't been released. We got seven, seven. each this last round based on this method of picking a week out without knowing anything that's happening. So maybe it's a good method. Um, this is uh, from Malkin79. Howdy. Can you explain the booing of both Papley and Franklin today? It was weird. Ah, oh, fuck, I don't know. I mean, I couldn't – the lob and Trelaw one was weird to me. So Papley – okay, Papley makes sense because he's a pest, you know? Sure. Yeah. Franklin, He wants though, to be booed. Who doesn't like Lance Franklin? I mean, you can applaud when he gets run down in the tackle because he's a superstar who got run down. But you don't boo him. It's not like he's – you know, all he's done is bring the For game what? joy. Joy. Just been great forever. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> like, I mean, as soon as the Tasmanian boons come in, this problem will be resolved from the AFL. Now, well, this next uh, question from Keegs, it's probably going to hit you uh, a bit personally because it's about your dad, your dad, Jared Healy. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. <laughs> he says, when was the last time Jared Healy felt joy in his life? 60% of his insights are umpire complaints. So how do you feel about that with your dad? You felt like your dad was getting a bit... Down on Dan Andrews for a while. Uh, my dad has some political opinions that I don't agree with, but that would be probably the same with my actual dad. So I'm fine with that. I can live with that. Um, what I will say is that um, this is not information that I've revealed on this podcast previously, but um, I don't know if I've even revealed it to you, Charlie. Maybe I did. But I actually now have my dad's phone number. And, yeah, so when my dad finished up doing his long-running uh, radio show on uh, 3AW that he'd been doing for years, I started listening to that show way back when he was doing it with David Hooks back in the day and followed it when he was doing it with Duano and through all the years. And I've actually always thought that he's a, you know, a great servant of the game of AFL. Many of the things that – he was the one where the game got shit for all that time. <laughs> you know, remember when, like, we thought, oh, footy's going to be bad forever – 
Like just the way that it's changed has meant that it's just going to be this running around scrums. And Jared Healy was the one who was constantly saying, this is no good, we have to change the game. And anyway, so when he finished up his radio show, I got his phone number from somebody and I sent my dad a message to tell him how much that I had enjoyed his radio show. And my dad sent me a message back. Oh, wow. Charlie. So Did you, know you read what? it in his voice, Will? Did <laughs> you say it was just like there was a deep kind of uh I mean I would want I just want I just want to go up to Jared Healy and say, Hey, mm. I think I put a muscle in my back and for him to go, Yeah, what you've done there is a, a lower hamstring tear. <laughs> That's a two to three week. you know, he does occasionally yeah. he'll dip into his physiotherapy training. Yeah, mate. He's yeah. he's the one who can yeah. he, he can walk the walk and talk the talk. That's right. Very deep voice I Love surfing, pretty sure he smoked pot at some stage and does not have a lot of political opinions that I share these days. Uh, this is a question from Tugger that a lot of people have asked and I don't know if we've ever really addressed it, but what is the correlation between Reese Stanley becoming a premiership player and Nick mm. Revolt leaving the country? Yeah, interesting. It must great Direct. a little bit. That Direct, like, 100%. Yeah. The, it's the reason. It's the reason he left the country. He could not bear to be in a country where Reese, Reese had a premiership medallion and he didn't. Uh, Cindy wants to know if the Bulldogs and Giants game ended in a draw, should Bevo and Adam Kingsley had an arm wrestle? I sent out a tweet on Saturday night about their necks because they were being shot from the same angle in the coach's box and it's like they are two of the thickest necked men I've ever seen. Like I know there's a lot of obsession with the bulls on the field, but there's two bloody balls in their coach's box. I couldn't take my eyes off. <laughs> my Adam Kingsley, like, I'm, I feel for Adam Kingsley. Like, he looks like a dude who's waiting for some ice to arrive. <laughs> the stress. You know I mean? <laughs> like, he's just, and the way he just jerks around and, yeah, like, he rubbed his eyes. And, yeah, you're and right. And they're not. <laughs> And they, and he, they shoot him it's like so he's nice. in the out the back of the pokies, like there's yeah. flickering lights in his box, and he's always in the shadows, and he just looks like I'm like maybe this is too much, man. <laughs> and also like Bevo's veneers, his 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 whatever he's had done to his yep. teeth. Like any time they appear, it's just like it's a it's a real shock to the system because occasionally the coach's box box he'll sort of like. He'll be sort of, you know, thoughtfully rubbing his chin and then he'll start to speak and you just see these giant chompers come out. It's just really like visually off-putting. I think that's why the lighting was so bad in the GWS box. They'd set it to teeth. It's honestly, they are those two just look like two blokes that if you ran into them out of the circumstances of them being at an AFL game, you'd be really scared of. Both yeah, really of them. scared of. Uh, Scott wants to know, is fatigue starting to set in because the games are becoming more low-scoring slugfests with terrible ball skills? Yes. As yes. Will said, it's slump round. Mm. Um, uh, 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 this is a great meme that someone sent. It's just a photo of Michael Voss. And then in quotes underneath it, it said, as if it's attributed to him, it says, get ready to learn Tasmanian, champ. Michael Voss <laughs> to every player in the Carlton side. <laughs> Um, Matt Dean, this seems like a very bulldog-centric question. Uh, he wants to know, Will, was it time for Brian Royal to play his 200th game for Coronation Round? <laughs> I mean, people, there was an element of Coronation, like that was, you know, there was a big night for the English for the Coronation. I think <laughs> yeah. there was, you know, they, they were trying to get a bit of like topical Coronation gear oh, into the were? Bulldogs. 
Yeah. So if we had English and Royal in the same team, I they would have. That would have. Yeah. I mean, Dwayne and the right commentator, Dwayne would have nailed it. Hutto, I could. I had confidence that Hutto could have got there, but yeah, BT would have just muffed it big time. <laughs> That's a bit unusual, Brian Royal. <laughs> unusual. All right, that is two guys, one cup this week. Um, before we go, if I could just encourage you all, if you like this show. Why don't you go to tofop.com and check out our other great podcasts? Because Will and I do a bunch together. We do one called Tofop, which is pretty much exactly this, but just with less football talk. Uh, then we have another one called Fofop, which is like Tofop with friends, where Will and I just chat to people that we know, people we like, people who do interesting things. And Will has a show called Willosophy, which is like a high-minded chat show where he talks to really interesting people. He, he's it's saying, not really right? that. It's like, I mean, it's still comedians. We just occasionally... It's, it's where I you occasionally. Julia Gillard. I on know your, on philosophy. I know, but it's Former mostly com- it's mostly comedians again in the new episodes. But yes, there are old episodes that yes. have uh, yes, lots of um, there's you know cricket captains and prime ministers and all sorts of things. <laughs> but at the moment, it's mostly comedians. Oh my god! That you I should get Jared to. Healy on philosophy. Oh, and then ask him about dictator Dan. <laughs> <laughs> All those podcasts at tofop.com. Uh, Will, do you got anything to plug? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm on tour. So if you want to come and see me do some live stand-up comedy, uh, there's still Sydney, Brisbane, uh, Western Australia, some regional uh, New South Wales and Queensland gigs, all at comedy.com.au. Um, that's it. Play on, not 15. Bow.